If you're looking for a podcast to give you the best recommendations for your type of toilet paper. What? No. Shh. Well, I mean. We don't talk about that. Well. No. No. We could offer. No. Bad dog. There's a. No. Don't. We. No. Charmin Extra Strength. Uh, That's not this podcast. However, this is comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. Marriage. Assuming I survive the end of this episode. God, product placement much? You know, it's got to start somewhere. A few freebies here and there. And who knows, maybe we'll hear from Subway or someone like that. (laughs) <laughs> the no. boats that float underwater with the little eye thingies up top of the water. That's what a subway is. No, that's a submarine. Oh, crap! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> no, that is, uh, subway is a transportation I'm system having in problem- larger cities I'm that runs underground. I'm having problems with my words. You're having some problems. Problems mm. and also troubles. Very well, then. Wow. Uh, okay. I am Stan the Movie Man. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> at least last time I checked. Um, I review films at oh. various places, uh, StanTheMovieMan.com being the primary one. You can follow me on Twitter, at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast, at CT Marriage. You can send us an email, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com, and you can leave us a voice message. Just click the link in the description of this podcast. You can't have any more problems or troubles with your words than I am today, so please leave us a voicemail. I am, oh, the the people out there, yes. Yes. uh, You're you're doing great today. I'm, Uh, yeah, no. Joining me as always, (laughs) at least most of her, is my... Other half. Other half. I'll, I'll go with other half this time. This week I am Maud the Explosive Broad. Oh dear. Oh yes. It was your choice this week. So please tell the good folks at home or in their cars. Or at work. Or in their subways. Or in their subways. Under the water with the little thingy above. The thing above on top. I'm really having issues. Uh, (laughs) or walking on their treadmills. Whatever they're doing. Tell. Tell them what it is we watched. Um, there were a couple of things in consideration, both kind of chick power movies, because I'm a chick and I would like to feel powerful. Um, what we ended up choosing to see was um, the... the 2017. 2017. Well, I'm trying to think. 19, the, the sorry, 2019. 2019 release with uh, an all-star cast... Um, called Bombshell that chronicles in a semi-fictionalized but also semi-really true way the the downfall of Roger Ailes and his portion of the Fox News empire um, surrounding a whole huge sexual harassment scandal. That's right. It stars Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Margot Kidder, John Lithgow, Kate McKinnon, Connie Britton, and more. Lots um, of faces you'll recognize. Yes, even if they're just on screen for a second, there are lots of people who you will immediately recognize. Um, and there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie that uh, the events are dramatized, however, and the real people are being played by actors unless it is archival, archival footage. footage. And at one point, um, 
they take Nicole Kidman, who's playing Gretchen Carlson, and digitally insert her between uh, the hosts of the Fox morning show. Um, yeah, that's not the only place they patched in some people digitally. They, oh, yeah. They, they patched in Megyn Kelly in that infamous interview with Donald Trump. And I will just say that Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly is as much a carbon copy as one could ever hope to see. I mean, she morphs into this woman like this This performance got her a, an Oscar nod mm-hmm. for Best Actress, and understandably so. She was really, really... At one point, you said she doesn't even look like Charlize Theron. No, no. they. I, there must have been some appliances or something on her, you know, head. I know the upper lip was different. It seemed like the upper lip had been altered, but they I don't know if they did that with a prosthetic or just with really clever makeup and lighting, but she just she looked like Megan Kelly. She may not look exactly like Megan Kelly, but she doesn't look that much like herself. Charlize Theron either. Yeah. Uh and and she's really good. Um the uh, other real person that we see is Nicole Kidman's Gretchen Carlson, who sort of kicks off the controversy uh, when she gets fired um, after pushing back against Roger's insistence that she, you know, she he's angry at her because she shows up not wearing makeup one day. Um, after she's been demoted. Uh, yes, after they've pulled her off of the morning show and stuck her on at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, which she refers to as the dead zone. The dead zone, yes. Um, and then after another broadcast where she uh, sort of goes against the stereotypical... Um, Demographic. Uh, well, the stereotypical um, position of Fox News uh, listeners and viewers uh, about... Uh, there should be background checks for guns, even though she uh, says her support for the Second Amendment and carrying a gun, she still thinks there should be background checks, and then, you know, they put up a poll, and 89% of the viewers are against Disagreeing it. with her, yeah. Uh, and, and, and other things happen, and she gets let go, uh, and she's not told why. Um, which begins the controversy as she makes public, she sues Roger Ailes personally for sexual harassment, not Fox News. Um, and There's some legal mumbo-jumbo associated with that. She can't sue the company. She has a contract with the company which yeah. would either limit how much she could get or prevent her from suing at all, but she doesn't have a contract with Roger Ailes. Personally, yes. Personally. So she's able to go after him personally. And there's also, because he owns a house in New Jersey, New Jersey he she can sue him in New Jersey, and there's different laws and all that stuff. Um, and uh, Megyn Kelly, who has been sexually harassed by Roger, but she didn't do anything to get her job, um you know, knows what Gretchen Carlson has gone through and um, and it makes her angry when she's let go. Plus, all the stuff with Donald Trump where he talked about blood coming out of her eyes and her whatever. Uh, references to her cycle. Just yes. Such, if any one of the things um, portrayed in this film actually happened, which I know a lot of them actually did, mm-hmm. 
Oh. No. <laughs> oh, just, I could feel myself breathing fire and steam coming out of my ears and the top of my head flying off and bouncing off the ceiling. She, um, and then there's the third main character who is um, a, a composite created character played by Margot Robbie. She plays Caleb. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I don't know. I don't think we ever actually heard her last name. Pop, well, popsicle something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Pop, it looks pop, like popsicle. or something um, along that line. She um, is she is a quote unquote fictionalized composite character unquote, um, which means she probably represents another young, new, fresh faced, or more than one. Oh, I'm sure more than one. You can't composite with just one person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but she she also experiences the um, the casting couch phenomenon that is Roger Ailes's office. And I don't know if this is true, but Roger Ailes's uh, secretary has a remote control that controls the magnetic lock on his door, and she has to buzz people in and out. Ew. And which, you know, brings up the whole thing with uh, um, uh, the guy from the Today Show whose name, who got... Matt Lauer? Yeah, Matt Lauer, who had a button he could push to lock his door in his office. Uh, But Roger um, is There's also back stairs. Yes, there's also a back elevator uh, and a back door so that nobody knows who is coming in and out of Roger's office. And... uh, you know, Roger talks about loyalty and proving one's loyalty. And that's how people move up in the company is by proving their loyalty. This is specifically the women. We never see a, a man talk to this way. No. And um, Kayla is, uh, she's uh, an evangelical Christian who feels like um, her, the her point of view uh, and her age group, because she's supposed to be younger than everybody else, um, isn't represented on Fox News, and she thinks she can bring that. She can put her heartbeat on the young millennial Jesus people. And Roger just sees her as another piece of meat. Yeah. Um, we won't get too much into the story, because there's a lot of it that's public knowledge and if not just google hashtag uh, me too yeah. hashtag well you know, there's that look yeah. up gretchen carlson look up um look up um megan kelly look up roger ailes who at this point i will interject it's very disturbing for me a person who loves john lithgow to see him portray such a despicable creepy ugh, character and he portrays him brilliantly uh yes with prosthetics a lot of prosthetics because he they've bloated him up to look like an ailing flabby yeah huge jowls um and um you know we won't get into this the descriptions of of what he does but uh but and also in this is the power play between the Murdochs, um, the um, Rupert Murdoch, the, and the dad, and his two sons who run Fo- who own Fox News, and Roger Ailes, um, while Rupert, I think, just sees him as an old buddy, um, the boys don't like him, and 
when this whole thing with Gretchen Carlson comes up, they really uh, see this as a way to get rid of Roger. Well, yeah, I again, it's not overtly stated, but I think that the the Murdoch sons have come to view him as a liability, mm-hmm. possibly because of the simmering rumblings of harassment. Um, possibly for just because he's an old fart and they don't like how he does business or any combination of stuff. Yes, and in the movie, he is also shown to be a conspiracy theorist. At one point, he says the Obama White House is trying to have him assassinated. Yeah. And then uh, Anthrax showed up in a package at Fox News, uh, and he's losing his mind, Roger Ailes. Oh, ballistic. And is running through the uh, newsroom telling everybody to get out, that they're under attack. And the Murdoch sons show up and say, it's all right, it's all contained to one room Calm on down. another floor. Get back to work, everything's okay. And there's a, a confrontation between Ailes and one of the sons, and uh, the boys make sure he understands uh, who owns that newsroom not just who runs it yeah so you know there's there's a there's tension there's power struggles not only between ales and uh the exclusively attractive women uh usually blonde not always because uh, they got kimberly guilfoyle on there as well uh, an actress playing her um uh, between Roger and his baser instincts with the women. Also, and Judge Janine Pirro, she's a brunette. She is, but she's... She's peripheral. Yes. Um, and the struggles between the Murdochs and Roger Ailes, which is a lesser part of, of the story, but still uh, an important part. Um, what did you think of this movie? Um, I found it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, not having done all of the due diligent journalistic kind of research that I should have done, um, you know, and not knowing exactly how much was fictionalized and how much is truth. Um, of course, it, having been a female who worked in broadcast media for a very long time, um, and having been a female who stepped outside my house and went out into the world and did things, Um, I understand the um, conundrum that can happen in the workplace when a co-worker of same or opposite sex um, makes advances that are unwished for, unwelcome, unwanted. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, I tend to lean toward... And... and in all fairness, they did portray Roger Ailes just as scuzzy as you could ever have hoped for a scuzzy character to be. Yes. Yes. Uh, they they did not give him... Only other people in the story give him any redeeming qualities, like keeping somebody who's terminally ill on the payroll so that they can have insurance. Yeah. And, and paying for people's stuff and, and things when of that Shep nature. When Shep came out, he was completely behind him. Yeah, yeah Shepard Smith, uh, who we see archival footage of. Yes, we do, and his perfectly groomed eyebrows. <laughs> Dude, uh, well, I'm sorry. If a guy has better makeup than me, that's just that's just annoying. Well. That, uh, bygones. Bygones. Um, so, yeah, the, the movie doesn't pull any pr- punches with Roger Ailes. 
um, they let other characters, you know, say nice things about him. But anytime that we're, anytime Roger Ailes is on screen, he's a scumbag. Yeah. He's either berating somebody or he's hitting on a woman um, or... He's in a profanity-laced rage. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they they don't do anything to make Roger look um, like a good person. And, you know, depending on who you listen to, if you listen to people who were on the opposite side of him uh, back in his political days when he ran campaigns or, or worked for candidates, he he is not liked. <laughs> Uh, unless unless that you were the candidate he worked for. And, yeah, you and, would definitely want him on in your camp, not right. in the other guys. Not camp. not working against you. So um, there's uh, no love for Roger Ailes in this movie. Pretty much universally, his Connie Britton plays his poor beleaguered wife, who. Um, I don't know what her line of work is, but she's some other super conservative hardline person. I think it's a newspaper. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But some kind of print media. Uh, and she's not. She's not she doesn't likable come either. Off very good either. So. No. Um. So you found the movie entertaining. I found the movie entertaining. Uh, Charlize Theron is is spectacular. Oh my gosh. Oh my uh, gosh. She in. Uh, she spends the early part of the film addressing the audience as she's giving us a tour of Fox News. They do break fourth wall. A couple of people do. Um, Gretchen Carlson's character, Nicole Kidman, also mm -hmm. breaks fourth wall, at least in voiceover. I don't know if we actually see her looking straight ahead uh, into maybe. camera, but she does break fourth wall in voiceover um, as narration, kind of explaining things. Um, she is not quite as convincing as Gretchen Carlson, um, but uh, honestly, I don't. You could have put Gretchen Carlson is in there as herself, and she wouldn't have been any more convincing than Charlize Theron was as Megyn Kelly. Honest, honest to Pete, hand mm. up. Um, may lightning strike me, this woman transformed into another human being. It was remarkable. And as we said earlier, she was nominated for an Academy Award. And a bunch of other stuff. Uh, now, um, Margot Robbie, um, while her character is less, she's clearly, um, you know, driven to succeed. Oh, yeah. And... Um, She's, you know, willing to do anything. She's willing to do what it takes. To a point. Yeah. And uh, the relationship that she has with Kate McKinnon's character, who's also a created character. She plays a, a newsroom person by the name of Jess Carr. We like Jess very much. We do. Jess is cool. We also love Kate McKinnon. We do. Um, who is a lesbian working at Fox News. So, the character is. Trying to keep her gayness on the down low. But um, Kayla and her have a night together. Yeah, what's up with that? My, 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 I'm the finger on the pulse of the Jesus people, but I'm spending the night with a gay woman. What, and they show them in bed together, and yes, Kayla is putting her brassiere back on. Yes. So we're led to assume that a tryst has occurred. Um, which is kind of weird for that character yeah. but it 
I don't know if if she's just out of college or if she's she's definitely a millennial. She's definitely a twenty something. Um, even though Margot Robbie's older, um, that you know the whole that whole dynamic is just strange, especially the the uh, conversation they have when it it's like it's almost a surprise to Kayla that that uh, that Jess is that gay. Jess is gay. Um, hello, what just happened here? We're in bed together and I'm putting my clothes back on. And there's also the whole thing that she works at Fox News, even though she has two posters of Hillary Clinton in her on her apartment. wall, yeah. Um, and she is a closet Democrat working for Fox News because she couldn't get hired anywhere else. Yeah. That's who offered her a job. She needed a job, so that's the job she got. And she she plays the game in the office. Uh, but that, you know, they don't have to explain everything to us about the characters. But that's a big, fat, dangling elephant in the room. I mean, they don't even mention bi or fluid or no. or anything along that line. So I... I wanted, you know, just me, and not for the reasons you might be thinking, um, I wanted to know what was up with Kayla as far as this... Um, what are you? Yeah, I mean, did her experimentation in college just carry on to out in the workplace? Yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to make of that either, which may be exactly what is happening now we're discussing it, so yeah. maybe that was the whole point. So... Yeah, that, that's that's kind of weird. But uh, Margot Robbie is so good in this role. She got an Oscar nod, too, I believe, for Best, uh, Best Supporting, Supporting Actress. And she, you know, the, the um, attack, essentially, on her by Roger Ailes, which is very subtle. Um, and it takes a toll on her that is just heartbreaking to watch. The scene that you're talking about, I know, um, he asks her to stand up and do a little spin, which mm -hmm. he, it's a visual medium, ladies. We have to know what you look like. And there are clear desks for a reason. We want to see legs. And apparently this was something that all of his female anchors had to do. So he would have them get up and do a little twirl so mm -hmm. he could get a 360 view. And he has her do her twirl and he compliments her body. And then he asks several different times for her to hitch up her skirt. So he can get a better to look get at To get a her look legs. at her legs. And he has her keep hitching and keep hitching. And the terror on that she looked like a trapped deer. And yet she did it. She kept she hitching. kept hitching. We see her underwear. Um, and his, the sounds, Lithgow makes his ales while like a, during he's this a scene. dirty old man he, he is a he's he's breathing very heavily and you just you know he's becoming aroused you, by this whole display which yes. is the idea it's it is disgusting it is disgusting and uh, and i can't you know that must have been a difficult scene for, to shoot. Oh, for yeah. her to her to do and i would hope for him uh yeah it, and that might have been one of those deals where, when she was exposing herself, he wasn't actually in the room. It's it's possible. Um, chance and you know, they have um, 
what are they called, intimacy coordinators now for like love scenes so that everybody's comfortable with what's happening. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I'm, you know, probably to try to avoid being accused of the same thing as Roger Ailes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, they want to make, especially in these big productions, they want to uh, make sure that everybody's comfortable and nobody feels abused. And that there's no liability. They and ensues. that there's no lawsuits uh, because it's hard enough to make money in Hollywood with a big movie if, you know, Here's if the you, thing. without having a multi-million dollar lawsuit. We, as the omniscient viewer, the mm -hmm. audience, we see her face mm -hmm. and the increasing look of discomfort and ultimately terif terrification, terror, I said I was having problems yeah, with my I know, notes. I know, keep going. Um, the, the ultimate abject fear that we see increasing in her face, and we see his face not caring anything about what's happening on her face because mm -hmm. he's just looking at her legs and her crotch. Mm -hmm. And that the, the dichotomy of that and the juxtaposition of that was not lost on me. I could see the contrast between the two faces and mm -hmm. the factor which was through the ceiling and later on near the end of the movie we get a um, another scene with um, Kayla the where, phone call where she's she calls um, Jess Jess and explains what has happened and just turns into a um, just a, a puddle on the street uh, she's on a date with a guy, um, but she just is destroyed by what she did. Yeah, the thing and what with, Roger made her do. That's, yeah, that's better. The thing with Gretchen Carlson has blown up. Yes, and now they're in the process of other women starting to come forward and say, yes, they've been victimized, harassed, um, raped in mm. some cases. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. all of this would count as rape. Um, and she makes a phone, a confessional phone call to Jess and tells her what has happened to her mm -hmm. and what she's done and what he's done. And it's, it's really, it's palpable. Um, as far as the movie and the story goes, I mean, it moves along. It helps that a lot of this stuff is familiar. It's only four years old. Uh, the things that happen, but um, you know, did, did how does the whole um, story and the uh, the movie and how it's told? How does what is your opinion of that? Um, I thought it was well paced. Um, I didn't. I was entertained and engaged from the get go. So I mean, I. I don't know what you're looking for, but nothing about the pacing or the plot line or anything bothered me, except just the subject matter itself was bothersome. I, I'm not looking for anything. The way the story I'm, was told was fine. Yes. Uh, I had an issue with the movie in that there's no real tension other than those brief scenes where Roger's being Roger. Um, yeah. There's no, uh, like, suspense, really, because it's based on a true story. You know probably how it's going to end. Yeah, I uh, can see that. So the, um, the whole 
thing is, you know, it's laid out in front of you exactly what's going to happen, and there's there's no there's no suspense really. I mean, um, they could have told this story but fictionalized it in other ways, so that it wasn't Fox News; it was somebody else. It was a made-up company. Yeah, they could have. Um, and uh, because this was not the first movie about this subject to hit either the small or big screen. Actually, I think it was the first feature film, but there were a couple like uh, um, uh, cable miniseries okay. based on this story that had already come out. Um, and the film suffered uh, financially for anyway for that. Yeah. Uh, but much like when you see a a, a prequel to something um, where you know the main character is in the first film, which is supposed to actually have occurred after the film you're watching. Uh-huh. So you know that no matter what peril they get in, they're going to survive and you, make yeah, it through. Yeah, you know the outcome. And generally, if you're dealing with, you know, like a big comic book franchise or a sci-fi franchise, you know pretty much everybody's, all the good guys anyway, are going to survive. But if the story's told well, uh, you do have that sense of of anticipation and... Gripping the seats. Yeah, that you're worried for the characters. And, you know, in this instance, I wasn't really worried about anybody so that kind of brought the film down a little bit for me okay that's fair yeah well thank you you're welcome um so uh we uh will rate bombshell after a break we'll be right back welcome back to comedy tragedy marriage we watched bombshell uh the um story of the um outing of Roger Ailes as a sexual predator at Fox News and his um, eventual removal. Uh, tell me, Maude, your choice this week. What what what, what rating do you give um, Bombshell? I liked it. I found it entertaining. I found it compelling. The things that bothered you did not bother me. Um, I give it five TV cameras. All right. Uh, perfectly understandable. Um, I, I also enjoyed it. Um, it just lacked a little something for me, so I'm going to give it four TV cameras. Okay. All right. Um, tell me, what else have you been watching? We watched some good stuff over the weekend, um, as you're digging through your little phone notes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched one, um, docu-series, um, called Torn from the Headlines, and it was six episodes, I think? Yes. Six episodes of stories, um, mostly from the 1990s, um, a cup, one or two from the 2000s, that were covered by the New York Post. Yes, the full um, title of the show was Torn from the Headlines, New York Post Reports. We watched it on Hulu, but it is an investigation discovery show. It was cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. Um, 
for one, the crimes were interesting. It's a terrible thing to say. Well, uh, but we dig true crime, and there are countless true crime podcasts and stories and made-for-TV movies and stuff like this. So yeah. obviously we're not the only people who find this subject matter compelling. So uh, we're not freaks. Five of the six stories um, involve people who were murdered. Um, there was one lone survivor. One and, lone survivor. And that was a very he, cool, compelling story. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. So, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, you can watch that on Hulu. Um, and uh, I think my favorite part was the the reporters who were talking about. Some of them actually covered these stories mm -hmm. while others were, you know, given a script and, you know, yeah. to read transitional things. But... Uh, there's a lot of very New York people on this show. Yeah, and there um, we see a lot of interview footage with their like digital chief editor, which in 1990 probably that position didn't even exist at oh, the Post no, yet no. because digital editor wasn't you Nobody know had a website. In there, there wasn't a it wasn't really a thing yet. So she obviously was looking back at many of these stories as a an after the fact observer. Mm -hmm. um, the Hearing the reporter's eye view of these things is always interesting to me. I love to get little glimpses inside of people. Um, and and we, I felt like we got to know the reporters through how they viewed these stories. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was very cool. It's yeah. definitely worth your time to watch. Now, it, it does paint the um, New York Post in a very positive light. Yeah, because um, most people, I mean, my perception of the Post has always been that it's kind of a rag. It, it is a like tabloid. A, a, it step is... a step above your Enquirer-type tabloid. And it is owned by the Murdochs. Well, la-dee-da, so, I imagine that. Um, There's a theme here. Yeah, and well... Not on purpose. To this point, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's owned by the Murdochs and it's a, um, um, they are, they will do things to get stories and it is touched on a little bit here that may or may not be all that ethical. Um, nah. but, um, yeah. Um, like that's unheard of in the news business. And they'll no. they'll make a deal with the cops. Uh, we won't talk about something you don't want us to talk about in if exchange let us for an exclusive. It. Yeah. When when we can talk about it. Uh, but uh, it's it was it was an interesting um, uh, look at the New York Post and New York crime because there's yeah. some pretty awful really messed up things. stuff. <laughs> Um, we watched Remastered, Devil at the Crossroads, a Robert Johnson story that is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. That was interesting, too. About uh, the blues guitarist, uh, Robert Johnson, and how uh, there's a myth around him that he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for uh, talent, talent. Uh, yeah. on the guitar. Long story short, thumbnail sketch. Um he he plays around Mississippi, and people are like, nah, man, you suck, you're no good. Yeah. He disappears for a year, and he come back later, 
after the year is over and voila he is this super talented wonderkind and supposedly during this year he meets the devil at the crossroads sells his soul and gets really talented i don't know from where this comes or whatever uh, well uh, it's an interesting tale apparently he met another blues guitarist who took him under his wing and taught him um how to play the guitar better um he also had apparently very very long fingers and yeah. could, could do things to where it sounded like two guitars were playing yeah instead of just one like the top two fingers doing one thing and the bottom two fingers doing something else and the middle finger kind of bridging it i don't even know <laughs> i have very short stubby fingers so i yeah, can't you as know. do i so, uh, but yeah, if, if you're interested in blues music or just a very, very interesting story and a look back at a very, very different time, uh, remastered Devil at the Crossroads or Robert Johnson's story, that is available on Netflix. Um, I watched Looking for Life on Mars. That is a Nova, an episode of Nova on PBS uh, about the Perseverance rover that just landed on Mars. They, um, they made this, and most of it was made prior to its arrival, but they also had uh, some uh, footage of the control room at JPL when it finally set down. And the Dollar General store was right there on Mars waiting for them. Exactly. It's amazing. They're, those They're stores everywhere. are everywhere. Sorry. Um, yeah, Dollar General. I saw, I saw the product placement. Sorry. Um, Subway. But... <laughs> Charmin. Charmin, extra strength. Whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, if you're into that kind of stuff, it's very entertaining um, f because they have a lot of people talking about, um, you know, uh, what it's going to do there and how it's going to do it and uh, the eventual sample return mission and how that's going to happen. And uh, there's – it's – I, I'm just fascinated by all that stuff, and well, we it were, puts you to sleep. So. Well, we were kids when Neil Armstrong touched the surface of the moon, mm -hmm. and, you know, one small step for mankind, one giant leap for mankind. We were kids when that happened. Um, so we remember, and now that we've put something down on the surface of Mars. Several things. And, and the possibility that we might eventually be able to send a manned craft there and put a human body on the I mean that's just mind-boggling and very cool to consider that we may see this in our lifetime we may uh, it is a um, it's a long trip it is a dangerous trip it is a, a trip that will um, because of zero gravity cause their muscles to waste away and their their bones to waste away so they'll have to figure out ways to address all of those health concerns and then even when they get to mars which has gravity it only has about uh, a third of the gravity of earth which will do those same things mm -hmm. so yeah they're gonna have to figure out i don't know why they can't make a round ship and spin it so that they get pushed against the walls, which gives them a form of artificial gravity. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's the only kind of artificial gravity we can create. Um, and, you know, stuff like that. But it, it'll be extraordinarily dangerous because they'll always have to be in a pressure suit when mm -hmm. any time they go outside. 
um, because the uh, atmosphere is one one hundredth the density of Earth, and it's mostly carbon dioxide. But they're going to be practicing. They have a device on the rover that will convert the CO2 into usable oxygen for both breathing and also if they can get a way to cool it down to make it liquid oxygen to use it for rocket fuel. So it's Sweet. all very interesting stuff that I am fascinated by and that often puts her to sleep. Yeah, well. Um, we also watched on Netflix Made You Look, a real story about fake art. There was a um, uh, art house that was selling these previously unknown works uh, from people like Pollock and and other um, Mark Rothko, Rothko was very prominent, prominently mentioned. the The art gallery's name was the Nodler Gallery. K N O E D L E R Nodler. And uh, uh, this unknown art dealer provided all of these previously unknown works from these uh, uh, modern artists. Um, it was always modern artists. It was never like uh, a Picasso or a, or anything no, like was, that was, was showing up. it was the 20th century, mid-20th century um, expressionists mostly, abstract expressionists. And, uh, you know, this, this uh, Nodler was making... A ton of money. Selling, yeah, the markups were enormous. Selling these these works, and they were going, f you know, to Sotheby's auction house and being sold for tens of millions of dollars. Um, and private collectors had them, and it, it gets a little murky as to whether the experts said, "Yeah, they're they're real or they're nice," but I'm not saying it's real. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the Nodler, uh, the woman at the at the art house, the Nodler, um, you know, I waffled three or four times on whether she knew anything. I'm still undecided on her. She said something about her is a little too slick and a little hinky for my taste. And she had an answer for everything. Yeah. That always makes you wonder. But anyway, uh, made you look a real story about fake art. On Netflix, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was cool. You got to see a lot of, and pardon me if you're like an art connoisseur and what I'm about to say sounds dismissive. <laughs> I don't get it, okay? I mean, Pollock's all to me look the same because it's just a bunch of paint splatters. They're very pleasing paint splatters, but I don't get it. All the Rothkos to me looked like just rectangles on canvas painted in complementary colors to one another. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, it's a nice novelty, but I don't get it. And I don't know why it would cost $9 million. I'm, I'm not, I don't get it, so. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it, 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 it just proves that you know we're as pedestrian as it comes so and that's fine <sighs> somebody's got to be a pedestrian um now i made one terrible terrible mistake in what? our viewing this past week what um on amazon prime watched sort of watched uh lovecraft fear of the unknown eh. 
It's... I think I actually ended up watching more of it than you did. You you probably did. Because I heard sawing lumber from your I chair. I did fall asleep for about half of it. Um, it has various... Um, Current sci-fi fantasy authors. Um, and authors and directors. film directors. Um, and... and uh, John, you know, Carpenter, John Carpenter, Neil Gaiman... Um, some other people whose names are on the tip of my tongue and I can't think. And some other people who I wouldn't you know have no if you held idea. a gun to my head. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about um, his work, his life. We get some uh, background on his youth, um, how he was kind of a, uh, he was at least treated like a sickly child by his mother after his father uh, was put in an insane asylum because of uh, late stage syphilis. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and uh, all he had to do was go up into the attic and read this collection of books that was up there from like the 18th century. And he as long was, as they lived in that house. As long as they lived in that house. And you know they were he he learned about being a gentleman of that time. Yeah. He also learned about xenophobia and racism, yeah. uh, which wasn't good. Um, but that's also where the beginnings of his creatures and um, his otherworldly stories began. Uh, now, I probably slept through the middle section of it because it is quite dull. Yeah. Um, but um, Guillermo del Toro... Um, talking about, you know, sitting <laughs> sitting in a chair with, I think, some uh, piece of uh, art from his um, horror collection. It looks like some sort of, you know, griffin or something. Um, but uh, talking about the influences on him and his work and John Carpenter and, and all the rest of them. I should have been more interested. Maybe I was just tired, but... Uh, yeah. No, the way the thing was put together, it was deathly, deathly dull. It was. Um, if you're interested in Cthulhu and the origins of where Cthulhu came from, you might be able to stay awake for and it. And the Arkham, the town of Arkham or city of Arkham or whatever it is, uh, which I assume is where they got Arkham Asylum and Batman from. Don't know. But, uh, yeah. If you are a hardcore Lovecraft person, then maybe you'll find this entertaining. I did not. And I thought, I mean, it looks dated because... It was from like 2006 or 7. 7. 2007 was when it was copyrighted. Uh, because everybody looks a little too young. Uh, not enough gray hair uh, for the, from the people I know, like Neil Gaiman and has decent... And the date on it, I thought, was 2020. But that may have actually been the number of star, the number of people who've given it stars, because sometimes it can go either way. But um, yeah, Kinda I dull. I did not enjoy it. It was rather dull. But that, if you're into it, it's on Amazon Prime. And I guess that's that. You don't want to talk about canine intervention? Oh yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I just didn't. Just didn't write that. Oh yeah, actually I did. Uh, Canine Intervention, um, also six episodes, is on Netflix uh, about a, um, he's not really a 
trainer to the of the dogs of the stars. No, he's like an Oakland version of Caesar Milan. Yeah, the dog whisperer. He's he's um, a younger, more urban um, incarnation of the dog whisperer, mm-hmm. and he intervenes where people have intractable dogs that they yeah. need help with. Uh, in one case, it was a dog that was taken from its mother when it was only two or three weeks old. Yeah, you don't do that. They need their mom until they're at least six or eight weeks old. Uh, another was a woman running a, um, a shelter. A rescue. A rescue for dogs that were abandoned. You know, people were showing up, and she had like 40 dogs or something like that. She was overrun. And that was all she did, and it was obviously wearing on her because yeah. she... In part because she had had a partner who ran a second uh, shelter that they had a falling out. That's never gone into. But uh, she ends up taking the dogs from both rescues and caring for them both. And it's just, over, she's overwhelmed. You can see it on her face and in her posture, how she carries herself. She's burdened. Yes. Now, in every episode, no matter what sort of condition, as in temperament, these dogs are in when he gets to them. Um, Jass? Yeah. I think is his name. Jass, Jass Leverett. Um, you know, about five minutes after he's got them, they're well-behaved, or better, at least better behaved. Now, I, of course, there's editing, um, and we obviously do not see it in real time. But he seems to really have a way with animals. With yeah. dogs, specifically. He understands a lot and talks about um, pack mentality and pack leadership. And um, in the case of the puppy that got ripped from its mama way too soon, he talks a lot about pack dynamic there and how even before their little eyes are open, you know, the mama's already e- explaining boundaries to the dog and the siblings are all already explaining and teaching the dog is already learning things about pack behavior and pack leadership and this puppy didn't didn't have that and so this puppy was clueless how to be a dog much less how to be a well-behaved dog that was the one where they couldn't get it to go outside yeah he'd never been on a walk uh yeah he would fight them and he's he was a pit mix. He was a, either a full pit or a pit mix. Big, muscular, sturdy, strong dog. Mm-hmm. That, not a bad dog. No, no, not at all. Uh, a sweetheart, because when they were sitting with him in the in the living room, he he just he just wanted to be loved on. Yeah. But he was also he was crazy. <laughs> he, um, he was undisciplined and untrained. And as were his parents. Y- yes, um, and oftentimes it. Even with Caesar Milan, he would talk about how he's training the owners as much as he's training the dogs. Well, yeah. Um, so in some cases, more because dog parents come with like preconceptions and things sometimes, which the dog doesn't have. He doesn't know from you know stereotypes or whatever. But especially that that poodle mom. Oh my God! Okay, let me. T- okay, this woman—they had adopted a a Malty Poo, which is a Maltese Poodle cross. Mm-hmm. Very cute dog, white little puffball with curly hair, named Heaven, and she was supposed to be 
um, training to become an emotional support animal for the 12 year old son who was going to be the man of the house when his next older brother left home which mm-hmm. was going to be presumably the next semester there's no father in the picture 12 mm-hmm. um, year old boy has some issues with anxiety and stuff and so they got this dog to be his emotional support animal well mm-hmm. mama is all about don't let the dog's feet or body touch the wet grass don't let the dog paw touch the concrete put the booties on the dog put the skirt and the little hats on the dog and turn the dog into the daughter she never had okay mama got issues here (laughs) and And i had issues with mama i wanted to smack her for some reason she was also pushing a stroller yeah, they would go for walks with the dog, but she's like, when when um, Jas Leverett, dog trainer, gets there, he says, okay, let's 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 take the dog out. So she, Mama, has to put the the little dress and the little skirt and, and the, the little booties, booties on the dog. Booties. And then she's like, oh wait a minute, I gotta go get the stroller, the the stroller. And Jas is like, wait, what? And the backpack. And the st- stroller in the backpack, yes. And he's like, wait, what? And she comes out with a stroller, and he's like, oh, you were for real, a stroller? She said, oh, yeah, this is a pet stroller. So when they were taking this dog for walks, they were wagging the dog around in the stroller. This is not a dog walk, people, unless the dog is elderly, infirm, and needs the stroller to go to the designated place to do the pee-pee-poo-poo thing. Otherwise, no, the dog actually walk. But Mama, I had issues with Mama. I wanted to hit her with a hammer. Yeah. Um, so they they had to teach Mama uh, as much about what a dog is as they had to teach the dog how to behave. Like a dog. Like a dog. Uh, so uh, it's, it's... And we also get some look at, at uh, Jazz's... Um, background his he's married they're uh, about to have a baby about to have a baby um and you know it's and this guy you know had to have one of his when he was a teenager had to have one of his dogs put down mm, because, because she bit somebody she killed another she, dog yeah she killed another dog and and it still affects him it probably happened 20 years ago or more and he he still tears up, tears up when he talks about it so uh, if you love dogs, and we love dogs, oh gosh, yes, um, then you should watch Canine Intervention on Netflix. Okay, now I think we're done. Now I think that covers it. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. My choice next week, having a clue. Uh, but make sure you stay um, in touch with our social media because I usually give a hint at least the day before of what it is uh, we're going to be watching when it's my choice Um, again thank you for listening please subscribe on apple Podcasts and give us five stars subscribe wherever you can get podcasts because we're on multiple platforms we're even on amazon podcasts um we're fancy there's a another one called bullhorn that i didn't even know existed an app for for podcasts look at that um so uh wherever you get your podcasts please feel free to subscribe give us five stars positive review we would appreciate it uh if you have a suggestion for something you'd like us to watch tv show movie documentary whatever give us the name of whatever that is 
Uh, you can also tell us where it is and why you want us to watch it and send that to us in an email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. And if you have a comment you'd like us to hear, you can just click on the link in the description of this podcast and you can leave us a voice message. You might hear yourself come up on the podcast. That you never know. Absolutely right, if I can figure out how to do it. Of course you can. Eh, you're Stan the Movie Man and you're Fabtacular, well, so there you go. You're stop it. Stop it. You I didn't have blush. any I didn't have any problems with that word. Oh well. Fabtacular is easy. Yeah. Uh, um, so Subway and Submarine are difficult apparently. <laughs> Two very different things. Uh, again, thank you for listening, and please join us next time. Uh, check the back catalog for our previous episodes. There are like 70 or so of them. Oh, Yeah, I know. Perk cursed. Uh, and love you. Love you. Till next time. Later. Later. Yay!